the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's Business Leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. How you doing today? How's Apple doing today? Day after earnings season. Stuff that we look into. Stuff that we talk about. Money, investing, and much, 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 much more. Tell me what you want to talk about. We can talk about it. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Money, investing, and more. I do a show that's dedicated to getting you to retirement. I know it's a crazy concept. Some people do shows that are like, here's why the system doesn't work and I'm smarter than you. And I'm not that guy. I know that I know more about money than you. I'm actually pretty comfortable with that. I'm not trying to flaunt it. I call the show Rob Black and Your Money for an obvious reason. It's about you and getting you to retirement. Average American doesn't save enough for retirement. Average American should save more for retirement. I'm a little concerned by that because, believe it or not, I do actually like people, and I do actually like you. Apple and Amazon and guidance and third quarter advanced GP numbers and economic data, it's the world that I swim in. You might make maps for Stanford. You might work as an underling at Visa. You might be an executive. But you're not doing this on a day-by-day basis. A lot of softness out there tied towards disappointing earnings reports from Apple and Amazon. Believe it or not, Amazon actually lost money. We'll talk about that today for sure. A number of analysts have come to the defense of Amazon and Apple. Are analysts working in your best interest? Are they behind the curve right now? You're seeing a lot of corporations say this fiscal cliff thing is disconcerting, and they're lowering their guidance going forward, and a lot of analysts haven't lowered their guidance going forward. So there's kind of a... Are we all on the same page and or not? Now, keep in mind, this has been going on for about a month now of are we on the same page or not kind of issue. So there's some shiny knights out there, and they should be in your portfolio. You shouldn't have a portfolio that's overweighting risk and or overweighting one company, especially if you work there. Third quarter growth was paced by positive contributions from personal consumption expenditures, federal government spending, 
is a big part of our economy right now, and that's not a good part of our economy. Now, I know you could be a Republican and you could be a Democrat, and we're marching on towards the elections less than two weeks away. But government spending isn't real. It's literally taking tax money and or printing money and spending it. Now, you try to do that. You, you go to your wife tonight and say, hey, honey, I'm going to go print some money. I'm going to get the government to give me some money, and I'm going to go uh, spend it on a new car. And we're going to go on vacation. It's not real, right? And even if you can get the government to give you money that you could spend recklessly on a car and vacation, it probably wouldn't be a very good idea over time. So I don't like government spending. Residential fixed investments up. Increases were partly offset by some negative contributions in GDP for third quarter, the advanced third quarter GDP report. It showed a 2% growth rate. Now, that's not going to last. You know that, and I know that. So negative contributions from exports, from non-residential fixed investment, and from private inventory investment. Inventories are tough to analyze. In large part, if we have too many, then we say, Bob, go clock off for a week. We've got too much stuff around here. And if we've got too little, Bob may still be off the clock, but we're waiting for that call to come in. So you have to look at this stuff, and you've got to massage it a little bit. I know you're saying massage. I love a good massage in Mexico, especially the government's paying for it. I think you get the idea. We are doing the very best we can to get to retirement. S&P 500 down one, the Nasdaq's up four, the Dow Jones Industrial Average down ten. Consumer sentiment is at the highest it's been in five years. So again, what we see and what we're playing with here, it's kind of working. The U.S. is okay. It's not gone off the deep end. Not saying that it won't. It's saying that we're okay. You know, some other business stories in the news, you know, Apple and their quarter. And Apple's starting to piss off some of their, their, their nerds and their geeks. You know, they just came out with an iPad 3. And cut up less than a month later, they're coming out with an iPod 3.5. The last iPad had the nice brand new screen. The new one has that as well as the nice brand new charger that was in the new iPhone 5. They had to do it at some point. I just think we're all surprised it took like a month or two months to do it and to kind of outdate for better or for worse. It did kind of outdate. So Apple's trading up a buck today. Yesterday I did the news and Mark's like, it can move 50 bucks up or down on this news. I'm like, who cares? Like, the company's actually pretty cheap based on valuation. You know, it's trading at next year's 11 times earnings. The question is, can they continue to grow their earnings? Because that's what we care about. We don't really care about the connector being pissed off, new Apple fanboy enthusiasts. You know, someone sent me a text on Twitter, and they were like, can you comment about which phone I should get. And I thought about that for a second. And he's going with 
you know, Virgin America. He's going with a cheap plan, a prepaid plan, and he wants to spend up to $599 to get the new phone. And I'm actually leaving like two minutes after the show today. I'm going to Mexico, and I'm not taking my phone with me. And if my mom dies and she's buried before I get back, I'm actually okay with that. Big storm coming. We know it. It's going to hit the East Coast. And when you see big storms, you think, interesting. You start thinking about uh, home improvement stocks like Home Depot and Lowe's. You start thinking about insurance companies and how they can get hit. You start thinking about ramifications of productivity. You start thinking about gas prices going higher as everyone goes to get gas just in case they get snowed in or something along those lines. So stocks are a little changed today. We're okay with that. We don't have to have a winner-winner every day. We've had a winner for the year. If we end up at this exact number at the end of the year, we're okay. Comcast, largest cable company in America, their profit more than doubled. Strong revenue, strong advertising revenue. Income hit $2.1 billion. Do you think they're going to be in business today, you die? Maybe, maybe not. But you feel pretty good that they will be. And that's how you invest. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Call the show, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. And or drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. Two minutes. On AM 1220, KBOW, and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I got an email, and you can email me, rob at robblack.com. I am Rob Black. My friends actually refer to me as Robert. I don't really care about my... radio or television persona. It's Rob Black. Someone told me it's easier for people to hear, so go that direction. I think that just shows you how radio and TV works. It's ridiculous, right? Friends call me Robert, but I did get an email from someone that I think is worth investigating and thinking about and potentially talking about. Someone asked me to talk about about Generation Y. It says, I'm a long-time listener to your show, and I've got a big question that I don't remember you addressing. I consider myself and many of my friends in the Bay Area to be part of a fairly large, high-income Generation Y demographic. I'm 30 years old. My income's $100,000. I'm an IT.com medicine engineering professional type. I don't own a home. I feel priced out of a home. I'm single, no children. My friends have dual income, no children. Children are expensive. Homes are expensive. They've avoided that. 
for the most part, we're maximizing our 401k and our Roth. Just about all of us have good health care, good insurance benefits. We expect another 30 years until retirement. We're a little risk adverse because we've watched the stock market crash twice in a decade. We shy away from owning individual stocks, mutual funds, the housing debt bubble. He's saying this beautifully. This is very eloquently written. We worry about becoming unemployed because we've seen so many of us age and lose our jobs, age and lose our jobs. We don't find work for long periods of time. What type of investments should we be considering? And that's a good question. You know, unfortunately, when you talk about different generations, you basically exclude other generations. And that's, I do talk Generation Y all the time. And I'll do it again. You know, respect debt is the number one thing anyone under the age of 50 can do. Debt can be devastating if you don't have it under control. I briefly met and knew a young person under the age of 30 who worked at Visa. Got to know her life situation. Got to give her a lot of financial advice. She basically kicked out her boyfriend, who was 31, 30, because he had $30,000 of debt that she once repaid his school debt for her, him, and then he got another $30,000 in credit card debt. And how the hell did that happen? So debt can affect your life, both on a personal level as well as a financial investment level. It limits your career choices. Your chances of buying a house can go down. It causes tension in relationships. You know, do you really need... I talked to a woman who was 35 last year, and her husband was under 30. And they'd saved $4,000 in a 401k, but they borrowed that money. And I was like, what did you buy with that little amount of money? And she's like, I don't know. But anything that they had actually saved, they had actually screwed up because they borrowed it. So credit card balances are cute. But no real person, no real woman, and women tend to think about the future. Women tend to think about, you know, can I raise my baby in this world? Women tend to think about families a little bit more so than men do. Men, we like our toys. So in that relationship, the 35-year-old and the 28-year-old... You know, they didn't make enough money, and they, they, what they saved, they borrowed against. Like, debt destroys people. Save money. You need an emergency fund. When your car check engine light comes on and it doesn't turn out to be add a little bit of oil, it turns out to be you need a new head, header or piston or compression or something. I don't even know what this all means. I'm not a mechanic. It ain't a, a $100 repair. It ain't a $1,000 repair. It's a $5,000 repair. So you have to have an emergency fund so that when you do hit an emergency, you don't have to sell your stocks. You don't have to go out and dance for a living. You don't have to go out and shake your booty. In your 20s and 30s, like you eloquently mentioned, you, you're making a lot of money. And you've got a good education. Know that your job may go overseas at some point in time. Know that your job 
So a lot of people believe that our economy is changing. And I'm not so 100% against that. I actually kind of agree with that. Yeah, you can save money for retirement. And yeah, you can pick a great stock and, and hit a home run. But your number one ability to change your financial status is your ability to earn income. As Generation Y. You making $100,000 a year tells me that you're actually going to make $3 million over the next 30 years. That's a lot of money. That's not even invested. That's your paycheck. So you have the ability to save a lot of that and be wealthy in retirement. You have the ability to invest a lot of that and be wealthy in retirement. And investing could be invest in real estate, could be invest in stocks, could be invest in bonds. It's not cash. Cash is trash as far as an investment goes. You know, I've got a friend that shared a four-year degree in like robot dinosaurology. She got a job making maps for Stanford, and then Stanford said, "Hey, we'll pay you. We'll pay for your school if you go get a master's in map making." So she did. That's smart. In your twenties and thirties, as a generation Y, you need to start thinking things like insurance. Typically, it's renter's insurance to start off because you're renting a place. And what you cover is your clothes. What you cover is your computer. You're not, who cares about a TV? You don't need a TV to live. You insure what you can't afford to lose. Then later in life, when you buy a house, you buy house insurance. Later in life, when you get a nice car, you, you insure it. So there's things to think about along those lines. Insurance, homeowners, renters, disability insurance is critically important. One of my best friends was driving with her husband and a set of friends in the back seat. And both men, one died and one got brain damaged in a car accident. The two women were fine because they were wearing seatbelts. They insured themselves by putting on seatbelts. Oh, love the killers. We'll talk more Generation Y after the break. We'll talk more basic concepts, investing. I'll hit a bullet shot or two specifics. I'm Rob Black. You're listening to Rob Black and your money. Thanks for listening to the show. Kind of got caught up talking about Generation Y and some basic concepts. And I like concepts like that because I think that they actually reinforce and do push people to think about these issues. Whether it's you or your children, or whether it's your people who are children and your parents. Someone asked me a, a hardcore question about, talk to me about Generation Y. I'm Generation Y. I make a lot of money. I'm freaked out about the stock market. You shouldn't be. First thing first, you got 30 years. Go look at a stock market chart of the last 30, 40 years, and you'll say... Okay, there was some drama there, but it all it all ended well. And I once talked to Peter Lynch, and Peter Lynch is considered like one of the grandfathers of investing, one of the ran the most successful mutual fund of all time. But people lost money in it because they bought high and they sold low. They didn't buy low and sell high; they bought high. 
got disappointed. You're not supposed to invest and look at it. You're supposed to invest and go live your life. I met a woman who basically wasn't having enough love in her life. And I was like, you should have love every day in your life. You could read between the lines. Long story short, people start looking at money and they start looking at their stock and they start watching CNBC and like CNBC is financial pornography. It's a waste of your time. Go get a real woman. Maria Bartiromo is a joke. Jim Cramer is a joke. Uh, who's the guy? Cudlow. He was fired from three three brokerages because he had a cocaine problem. As an economist, are you kidding me? He lost his job numerous times. On the record, he lost his job numerous times. But because he happens to have a political view and he happens to be opinionated, he's got a TV show. And am I jealous? Not really. I've got everything I've ever dreamed of, and I say that every single day. Am I honest? Yeah. Should I not say it out loud? Probably. But stop watching something that is so not important. I get to talk for an hour if I want to right now about Generation Y. You can't do that on television. On television, it's about the sizzle. It's not about the steak. On radio, it's about the steak. It's not about the sizzle. So if you think, like, Larry Kudlow or Jim Cramer said, and you don't think millions of people heard it, you're crazy. Talk about what you do in your 20s. Consider housing. Do you want to live close to work or not? Right now, probably the biggest pain in my butt is Monday through Thursday, I have to drive 50 miles round trip. But I love my housing. If I want it no pain in the butt, I would live right next to my television studio. I used to live right next to my television studio. I used to live in Pacific Heights, and I loved it. And it was a great time to be young, to have a television job, to work in financial media, and to be three minutes from work. So when you're young, you can consider options like that. But also, if you're renting, make sure you're saving more. If you're buying, that's good, as long as you're doing it for 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, not one year. You don't expect your housing to be a home run. You expect your housing to be a a place where you live. And you either like your yard and your commute, or you like your commute and no yard. As Generation Y, Generation X, Boomer, you have to have a budget. I can look at Mint.com and see how much I've spent and how much I've made and how much I've saved and how much I'm worth and how much my properties are worth according to Zillow. It's ridiculous. It's very basic. It's not very basic. It's better than basic. It's not hardcore. Because I'm worth something. Also, I have a money management site called The Vault that holds all my documents, my will, my trust. It, it holds all my document links to my bank accounts. It's like mint.com on steroids. At some point in time, you have to have the money talk. And what's the money talk? 
The money talk is the talk that is not romantic. Trust me, I love romance. Trust me, I love a woman in the bedroom focused on me. But at some point in time, you have to have the money talk with that person. And hopefully it's sooner rather than later because that shows maturity. How much are you worth? What's your debt? What's your liability? What's your assets? Do you want to have kids? No kids. Kids are expensive. So if you can't talk money and you can only talk romance, that's only one side of the relationship. You have to have both sides, even if it's uncomfortable. Before you start having babies, and trust me, I I think we all know babies are cute, but babies are expensive. Diapers aren't free. Diapers aren't cheap. Today, when you're at CVS or Walgreens picking up your beer, because, heck, the Giants are up to nothing. You've got to drink to that. You've got to wait another day for a game. But go to the baby section and take a look at a, a box of baby diaper material things. And, of course, all moms want the best for their children, so know that it's probably going to be more expensive than just that one stop at CVS. It's going to be Halloween costumes. Not just for you anymore, but for her and the baby. And let's say a baby has siblings, it's going to be a Halloween costume for her and the baby and the baby baby. Like, whoa. So you need to start preparing for things. I'm just giving some really generic things on, on retirement. Okay, now, let's say I am a Generation Xer, a Generation Y. I got a very pointed email from him. And he basically didn't call me out, but he said, you know, I, I want you to talk about this because it's important to me. And, yeah, I'll take requests like that on occasion. And I think I'm giving a lot of the right concepts here. In your 401K, Garrett, like I said, or your 403B, or your 457, in your saving vehicle, split it. I say go one-fifth international, one-fifth income, one-fifth large cap, one-fifth mid-cap, one-fifth small cap. I think the Fidelity funds that are focused on your age are great. They're not ideal, but they're great. They're cheap, and that's what makes them great. They're equities, and that's what makes them great. They're stupid in the sense that they don't predict stock market movements. They're stupid in the fact that they don't take advantage of stock markets. They're, but they're great for other reasons. So know that you're supposed to be making love sweet love. Know that you're supposed to see in Half Dome. Know that you're supposed to be watching Giants and getting some life experiences. Know that you don't have to hit a home run in your investing. It'll happen over time. And you're going to be okay with that, I promise. You should start coming up with an investment thesis in your head. What do you believe in? Like, what do you look for in the economy? Do you, or do you even want to do that? Otherwise, just stick with the Fidelity age-based plans or the Vanguard retirement-based plans. And these are plans that basically say, Fidelity's got what are called freedom funds. And they literally say, If you're 30 
That means you're going to retire when you're 60. The year is 2010 or 2015. It, it rounds to the closest. Pick that fund. So in 2010, you add 30 years to it. You're going to retire in the year 2040, roughly. You pick that fund, and you're done. If you're going to retire in the year 2045, you buy that one. And it takes more risk when you're younger. It takes less risk when you get older. It's not what I would do if I were worth a lot of money. It's what I would do if I was 20-something or 30-something. Because trust me, I didn't see Half Dome. I worked my ass, my hiney off. I'm allowed to say that word. I still like saying that word. But start coming up with a thesis that, that's you. Start figuring this stuff out. Job, saving rates, consumer confidence, money supply, interest rates, the word inflation. What's the word inflation mean? The inf- word inflation means a million dollars will get you $40,000 when you retire. But you know what? $40,000 when you retire won't be worth $40,000 today. It'll be more like $20,000 in the next 30 years. So know that everything that you think is going to be more expensive, there's wage inflation, there's real estate inflation. Don't ever think a house is the best investment you made because it's the best liability you've ever gotten into. It's a great tax deduction, and it's a great way of paying yourself rent. Whether or not it moves up or down in value, I mean, if interest rates jump from where they are now, if 30-year mortgages go from 3% to 8%, housing is going to have a rough go of it because fewer people are going to be able to afford space. So, yeah, let the good times roll, baby. Just win, baby. It's Rob Black and Your Money. I'm talking all things financial. I'm the Rob Black and Your Money show on the Business Talk Network. Point. That's a Bloomberg Market Minute. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. So, I'm Rob Black, and I talk money, and I talk investing, and I talk business news, I talk earnings reports, but right now I'm going to talk free tacos. In what could be the most horrific free taco of your life, you're still getting a free taco. Taco Bell did a still a base, still a taco promotion. It promised in this promotion we'd all be treated to something called a Doritos Loco Taco if any player stole a base in the World Series. All you need to do is show up at Taco Bell on Tuesday, October 30th, between 2 and 6, to get a free taco. You don't have to have a ticket to the game. You don't even have to know your name. You can be homeless. You can have a a percussion. Anytime I hit my head, I always say the next phrase out of my head is, oh, I just got a percussion. And people are like, oh, that's a concussion. Oh, I get it. It's a head joke. That's right. I'm hungry right now, Taco Bell. 
The Gon said after the game, I'm hungry right now. Bring it on over. He just found out about it. I'm pretty happy. I was just trying to play the game hard. Trying to create a situation for us to score. And then after the game, people told me about it. Now, first, a three-homer game from Panda, of which the zoo has been alerted of a 9-1-1 that pandas are out there killing the Tigers. Now this, free tacos. This is bedlam. This is the world gone craziest. Just it, it, It's not supposed to be like this. But a base stolen, you get a free Doritos tacos. Now, again, is Taco Bell really Mexican? Not in the least. Is it Dos Cervezas? Not even close. Is it Huevos Rancheros? Uh-uh. But it's free. And I advocate free. I'm not against it in any way, shape, or form. I'm pro it. You know, the story of Taco Bell is a good story. I know I've talked about this before. There's what are called fast food pioneers. In 1951, a guy named Glenn Bell, his idea was to sell crispy shell tacos from the windows of his hamburger stand. Because the foundation of Taco Bell started right there, in his head. He recently died. You know, the first person ever bought tacos from him, he remembered. He said he was dressed in a suit, and as he bit in the taco, the juice ran down his sleeve and dripped onto his tie. But he came back, because they were amazingly good. He said, give me another. Mr. Bell sold his chain to PepsiCo in 1978. PepsiCo made it part of Yum Brands. Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yum Brands is one of the sponsors of the Kentucky Derby. It seems weird that something that involves horses, beautiful animals, is sponsored by something that might have horse meat in their product. From one taco stand, he grew it to 868 restaurants. When McDonald's sold millions of burgers, he sold millions of tacos. When McDonald's sold billions of burgers, he sold billions of tacos and burritos. There's over 5,600 Taco Bells in the United States, and they're not good. Or recently, remember they got a question about uh, how much meat is actually in the meat? Now, again, that sounds more offensive than it actually is because... Sometimes it's stuff like wheat. Sometimes it's stuff like soy, which is a bean. So it sounds more horrific than it actually is, but the truth is, sometimes it's hoof. I'd like a hoof taco, please. The Southern California phenomenon of Taco Bell was really more of a I mean, it sprouted McDonald's, it sprouted Taco Bell. Why? It was all about cars. People went in their cars in the 50s and the 60s, and they wanted things. They didn't know that's what it was, but that's what it was. 
They wanted prompt service. They wanted an easy menu of easy things. Easy like hamburgers, easy like hot dogs, easy like french fries and milkshakes and tacos. So Mr. Bell was an American, but he was fond of Mexican food. He had a hunch that ground beef, chopped lettuce, shredded cheese, and chili served in the right wrap could give burgers a run for their money, and they did. So this all starts with Angel Pagan stealing a base, get free tacos on Tuesday. And here's where we are, right? He started four L tacos. He had partners. He had three tacotillas. So he was a restaurant guy. Eh, a lot of restaurants fail, keep that in mind. But I don't know. You tell me. When you go to Mexico, do you go to Taco Bell? No. When you go to China, do you order Chinese food? Probably not. Is there American food served in China? Not by that label as far as I know. When I go to Mexico, I decompress. I go off the grid. I go to places where it's tough to find the World Series. But you can find the World Series. I hope you do compress. I hope you get the point of the show is to get you to retirement with a lot of enjoyment and to get you through retirement to death with a lot of enjoyment. It's Rob Black of Your Money, Wall Street Business Network, talk radio business area thing. I'm Rob Black. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Talking the stock market. Talking about what we're seeing out there. Apple and, on, Am- Apple and Amazon, two A's. Basically, we're disappointing. I own shares of Apple. I'm not bitter. I'm not upset. I still have done well this year. Did well last year, the year before, the year before, the year before. I think Amazon's going to be around for many years to come. I think they've made some really good advances in sentiment this year. People are starting to see them as a real threat. Apple essentially came out with a mini just to compete with Amazon. They don't want to lose that segment. But Apple started doing some stuff that Steve Jobs probably wouldn't have done. This new power connector and the new iPad that basically just launched a month or two months after the last iPad launched without that same connector. That's a little weird. Some people are actually angry. Now, again, if you're angry at Apple, you're basically a loser in life. But it shows you the fear of tech. You know, 
I'm waiting for the next Google phone, and once I get it, I'll probably wait for the next one after that. Yesterday, I mentioned a strange love, sex appeal of Taylor Swift. Yes, I like him skinny. She's got an album called Red that came out. Sold 262,000 copies of it on its first day on iTunes. The music industry is not what it used to be. There's fewer stars, and there's a lot less money to be made unless you tour. At 22, she's conquered the music world. I know that she's an act. I, 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 I buy into it. When she was 14, her parents relocated from their Pennsylvania home to Nashville so that she could pursue her career. She's 14, and her parents moved for her. Her dad was a Merrill Lynch advisor in Nashville. He worked at Merrill Lynch for 30 years. She sang about her dad. I've got an excellent father. His strength is making me stronger. It's one of the lyrics that people relate to. She's considered relatable. I, don't, I can't name two of her songs. I know she's got that When You're 15 song, and then I can't go any further than that. I just like her because she's skinny and she looks innocent. It sells. You know... If you look at her dad's FINRA record, working in the investment world, he has a FINRA record. You can learn a lot about him. He had a company called Nashville Wheels for Profit or Not for Profit. It was for profit investment. Had a business called 13 Management, which was clearly for profit, tied towards touring buses. Tied towards, you know, his daughter. He wasn't afraid to go out there and do things. He wasn't afraid to, to take chances on, in business. In the summer of my freshman year of college, I worked at AT&T. And at that moment, I said, there's no chance I ever, never, ever want to work for a company. To this day, I kind of don't. I kind of don't. Yes, I work for Salem Broadcasting, which is a great company. They've done good things in media. They've got a Christian background that you can't knock that. I work for Cron Television, which certainly at one point in time was considered the crown jewel of news in the nation. They're not that today. I could say that I worked, it's almost like working in, you know, uh, the shadow of Walter Cronkite. Like, it's a pretty important franchise that I try to do my best to, like, live up to. But I can never, ever, ever work for a company. Neither Cron nor Salem pay me enough to actually say it's my career. 
Taylor Swift's dad moved from one business to another business. He moved from one location to another location. Moving from Pennsylvania to Nashville. If you've never been to Nashville, Nashville's fun. Nashville to this day is for young people. It's a great music city. It's got job creation. It's got a beautiful downtown. It's got beautiful suburbs. If I was 20, I'd strongly consider moving there, especially if my career wasn't working out. I'm terribly proud of being in the Bay Area. When I was a child, I wanted to live in Silicon Valley. Then for a brief period of my life, I wanted to live in L.A. in Silicon Valley. But as a child, I wanted to live in Silicon Valley. And I don't know why. It was probably because of Tari. I wanted to make video games. That didn't quite work out for me because there's a lot more math involved. Ironically, math is a stumbling block for me when it comes to coding. When it comes to investing, it's easy-pleasy. But she had a dad that was willing to move physically for her. It worked out well for all parties. Sometimes, like, what you have to do in your career is move. I know people to this day who won't consider leaving California. I know people who live in the East Bay, the Peninsula, Marin, who are making under 100000 And in the, in the Bay Area, that's poverty. That's living in an apartment on your own or living with mom and dad and being wealthy. I don't really know the semantics and the different plays of Seattle, but I'll learn. If I was 20, I'd definitely move to Nashville. I'd definitely move to Seattle. I'd definitely move to Oklahoma City. Now, again, Oklahoma City happens to be in Oklahoma, and there's a lot of hurricanes and tornadoes and horrible things that happen there. But in the Bay Area, we have the earthquakes. You know, we, we all have something, right? In Seattle, you have the rain. Like, we all have something. Oklahoma City is young and vibrant. Nashville is young and vibrant. Seattle at one point in time was young and vibrant. Think Kurt Cobain. Think Microsoft. Back in the day. Is Apple becoming the next Microsoft? A lot of people think they are. Is Facebook already the next Microsoft? A lot of people think they, they are. So that said, we're going to talk money. We're going to talk investing. We're going to talk much, much more. You can find me at Twitter, Rob Black Show. Hit my thousandth follower yesterday. Should I open a celebration ale now? I've got 13,000 email people. You can follow me on email. Go to robblack.com and sign up for visitor sign up. Got a Black Wednesday coming up, first Wednesday of the month. More details at kdow.biz. kdow.biz. It's a radio station I work for. They sponsor these events. Come out, meet me, bring your portfolio, I'll review it for you. It's Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial on the Wall Street Business Network. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, invested in more. We can talk about anything that you want to talk about. In the first hour today, I talked a lot about investing in your 20s. 
We don't have to talk that way. You can talk about the all-you-can-eat Kentucky Fried Chicken Buffet. It's the unicorn with a rainbow coming out of its head of fast food. It's the stuff that legends are made of. If you pay $8.99, you can fill yourself with drumstick and mountains of mashed potatoes. Drumstick after drumstick after drumstick after drumstick. You get a drink with it. Without drink, it's only $7.99. The tip, the alert, the news on this unicorn of fast food specimen. Southern California, Riverside, Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's the only KFC in the world with a reported all-you-can-eat buffet. It's out there. There are unicorns with rainbows out there waiting for you. It's better than a shark with a laser. I know. When was the last time I ate Kentucky Fried Chicken? It ain't going to happen often, okay? I'll say that. How about the old um, McDonald's fries? They're pretty magical in my book. It takes Canadians to figure this out. There's actually a documentary now on McDonald's fries. A lot of machines are used to pick the fries in the wild. No, no, no. They're actually potatoes. They sort their potatoes. Rocks and dirt are removed from potatoes. There's people that look at said potatoes. They're then put on a truck and sent to another local region that processes the potatoes. They're washed, then they're peeled, then they're cut into tiny strips. Then they blanch the potatoes. Blanching is a process where you remove natural sugars, and that helps prevent variation and or changes in color. They add a dextro solution to get it the even coat. They add another ingredient that's not said in the documentary to prevent grain. So they don't want their, their fries to gray. Then they have to dry them and get the excess moisture off. Then they're actually fried for 45 to 60 seconds. Then they're frozen and packaged for the trip that they make to the restaurant that you pick them up at. They're put in the fryer. They're cooked with 100% vegetable oil. They get dumped at the fry station, salted. They get put in those little red containers. The beauty about them is that they're consistent. The process that I just told you about is consistent in every McDonald's location in the nation, in the world. McDonald's takes a lot of chances. I saw a commercial last night during the World Series for some sort of cheddar, bacon, burger, chicken thing. I don't even know. But I saw it, and I was like, I'm glad I own shares McDonald's. I don't eat at McDonald's, but I'm glad I own shares. They're taking a chance, and they're coming out with stuff. Now, keep in mind, I just talked about the consistency of their french fries. Oh, I just found out the Kentucky Fried Chicken in Riverside that has the all-you-can-eat buffet for nine ninety nine is closed. 
Pablo Sandoval and Prince Builder shut them down. They walk into the restaurant and they close the buffet. You're too big to eat here. There's some comedian talks about how Chinese all you can eat lunch buffets won't let them eat. Pablo Sandoval, Princeville. Okay, so the Kentucky Fried Chicken joke. I went a long way for that. So McDonald's comes out with a lot of menu items that do fail. They had the McLobster. Do you remember the McLobster? I know. You probably don't. You're, you're like saying, Rob, I hate McDonald's, but go take a look at the stock. And if you've owned that for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, tell me that you hate it. Then the McLobster is pretty much so lobster meat shoved into a hot dog bun with McLobster sauce. I know you're saying, what is McLobster sauce? It's fabled. It will reappear at some point in time. For those of you who like shellfish or don't like shellfish, it's a quality shellfish item. How about McGrotten croquette? I know you're saying, I don't even know what a croquette is. In Japan, it's called a gurukuro. It's a very strange item, specially created for the Japanese market. It contains deep-fried macaroni, shrimp, and mashed potatoes. Ooh, it's fluffy and creamy. They have the hula burger. So McDonald's had massive successes with numerous items, but the hula burger was not one of them. It was a meatless burger. It was meant for Catholics to abstain from eating meat every Friday. Instead of a beef or chicken patty, its bun contained a grilled pineapple slice topped with cheese. The idea makes sense. The execution just doesn't work. People don't like it. They had the McPizza. They developed new pizza items, trying to push off the pizza industry. It was made to order pizza. It took longer to make than the usual McDonald's fare. Consumers just weren't willing to wait for it. It was kind of like a Hot Pocket. It failed miserably. McSpaghetti. Yes, they had the McSpaghetti, which was, believe it or not, fettuccine Alfredo. It was spaghetti noodles with a little bit of red marinara sauce and a little bit of cheese on it. As the... uh, Italians would say it had a little little gravy on it. The Mech Africa. It was a marketing catastrophe. It contained beef, cheese, tomatoes, and a salad. It was a pita-like sandwich. There was a lot of famines in 2000 in Africa, so McDonald's had to apologize and pull the item. The Mech Africa. They did it again in 2008 for part of the Olympics. Same, similar, negative outcry. The Arch Deluxe, the McHot Dog, the McDLT, the McLean Deluxe. I can't make this stuff up. The Big and Tasty. I was trying to go after the, the Whopper. Then they supersized, and in hindsight, yeah, that was a great idea. And as America got fatter and fatter, the supersized portions, they're gone forever. They've been gone now for eight years. Bring back the supersize me. It's a hell of a campaign. It Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. For all the negative I just 
threw out at McDonald's, that's why you like them, because the consistency. That's why you like the stock, not the restaurant. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial on the Wall Street Business Network. AM 1220 KDOW traffic this is business leader. AM 1220 KDOW. Even old New York was once New Amsterdam. Why they changed it, I can't say. You just liked it better that way. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. An iHeart radio station. Little they might be giants for you coming out of break. They might be giants. One of those college bands that was an original college band. Form of music that kind of cropped up. They're an alternative band. They were formed in 1982 by what was referred to as the Two Johns. Good documentary about them is out there. I can't tell you much more about it other than I was kind of buzzed one night when I saw it. They used to do an update on their answering machine where you could actually call long distance, pay long distance rates, and hear music from them on an answering machine. They were marketing aggressively. They've got 15 studio albums, which is too much. They now have children's music. As they've gotten older, their fans got older and made babies. As their fans made babies, their fans wanted music that they could play that said, hey, kid, this is what mommy and daddy used to do. So they made music. You know, here come the ABCs, certified gold, and it helps you teach music to your children. The two bandmates met while they were teenagers. They've known each other for a long time. You know, they once performed their first concert in what could be a hilarious uh, name. They referred to themselves as El Grupo de Rock and Roll. That's pretty funny. Again, not funny for everyone, but funny for me. El Grupo de Rock and Roll. Oh, I try to make every show as interesting as I can for you. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, But I try. Give me credit for trying. Not a lot of bands make a lot of money. That's worthy of noting. I'm not sure I would want children to become rock and roll legends. Because very few rock and roll legends actually happen, is what I'm trying to get the point across as. Be reasonable with your expectations. I'm not saying lower your expectations, but be reasonable with them. You know, when it comes to investing, sometimes the obvious things are the things that make the most sense. 
at one point in time, NBC was dominant. They had Cheers on Thursday. It eventually becomes... Uh, who's that comedian that I just don't like? Oh, it's going to kill me now that I just brought that up. And it eventually becomes, and it eventually becomes, and it eventually becomes. Jerry? Jerry Seinfeld. And it eventually becomes Kelsey Graham, and eventually becomes, they had must-see TV. They invented that phrase, must-see TV, or somebody invented that, and they used it. Or stole it. There's a public traded company called Comcast. I'm not going to tell you to go out and buy Comcast. I'm going to tell you that Comcast owns a large portion of NBC. And I'm not going to say that that show Revolution is all that revolutionary. I'm not going to say, like, hey, they had the Olympics and they've been reborn. I'm going to say you've known this company for a long period of time. And do you think they're going to make money in the future? Most of us think they will. Yes, there is some cord cutting going on. So maybe this one's not for you. Maybe it's McDonald's. Maybe it's Nike. Maybe it's Bank of America. A lot of people see that company as too big to fail, right? Political commentary aside, I think Twitter is amazing. It's one of those companies that is changing the way we get news. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, my. Have you seen the Iron Man 3 prequel? Not prequel, but uh, highlights. Everything that you need to know about the next film's villain. The trailer is out there. It's being delivered on YouTube. YouTube's desperately trying to get a channels-type angle created. I don't know if that's going to work. I I don't know if it's not going to work. But know that we are aggressively changing the way we consume media. Netflix streaming continues to add people because we're streaming it to our pads and our television. A lot of people thought the holy grail in technology was the living room. Apple's Xbox 3 shows that people are willing to hook up a console and consume media through it. Apple doesn't have that product out there. They kind of do with Apple TV. They've not really made it a big focus, but that's future product. Do we think the TV is the future? It probably is on some levels. You know, I once went into the apartment of a female, and she had a bigger TV than I did. And I'm like, whoa, is that your boyfriend's? She goes, no, it's mine. I paid for it. Where I am going with that is, and I know you're saying, where are you going with that? I do think that there is an angle here tied towards we love our TVs, both males and females, and we like them big. And I think that's worthy of throwing out there. Oh, so 
I'm still working off this email that I got earlier in the show. There's a podcast available for those of you listening now that in the first hour I talked about a Generation Y. He emailed me and said, you know, I make 100000 I'm doing good in life, saving a lot for retirement. I've seen two big corrections. Generation Y is also known as millennials. You know, risk tolerance is probably pretty normal. No one likes to lose money. No one. It's not surprising that a lot of Generation Y are apprehensive because they've seen a very volatile stock market. But they need to go back to Generation X, who saw the 80s and the 90s with Reagan and what happened in the stock market where greed was good. They need to understand that anytime you invest the short term, it's going to be volatile. Mid-60s to 70s wasn't good. So Generation X could look at the 60s and 70s and say, not good. Generation Y could look at the 2000s and say, not good. I can tell you that if you max out your 401k for 40 years, you're going to end up pretty well off in retirement. I could say that if you buy a house and own it for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, you're going to end up pretty well off. Unless you have to sell in that five-year period where something massively underperforms like real estate did from 2006 to 2011 or like stocks did from 2002 to 2007. You know, you can, buy, you can get that period of time where it's just horrific. So you need to diversify so that when there is a declining market, you don't need the money. That's why you have your on your left end of the spectrum a lot of cash, two to six months of cash. And on the right end, you've got your investments that go out 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Retirement funds have some risks, but I think they're the best way to go in your 20s and 30s because you're accumulating. You know, diversification is a bad word when tech stocks are rocking and rolling. Diversification is a very nice word when the stock market's volatile. I own cigarette companies. I know they make cancer. I know that cancer kills people. But I'm actually kind of good with that. Like, I know that people make choices, and I'm willing to give all my money to the Cancer Association when I die. I think Mint.com is one of the best things you could start so you can see a budget. And then you start saving 100 bucks a month. And if that's easy, you do 200 If that's easy, you do 300 You do it till you can't do it. Understand that things like Mercedes-Benz age. They're horrible assets. Never buy depreciation assets. Luxury watches and luxury cars depreciate way too fast. That being said, if you're going to buy a, an expensive watch, buy a Rolex because it is an asset that will hold some value. But a $400 watch will become a $0 watch. A $5,000 Rolex will probably hang around $5,000 if you take good care of it. I don't mind picking up a date in a Ford 150 truck because I used a truck for you know my 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 home. I use a truck to pick stuff up with. I use a truck to haul stuff around, to get a trailer RV, to you know pull a boat. I think BMWs. Uh, anytime I see a BMW on the on the road, I'm just like that person's insecure. 
that person's insecure. Hey, look, another Mercedes. That person's insecure. You're Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Find me online at robblack.com. Find me at Twitter, Rob Black Show. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Investing in more. What do you want to talk about? We can talk about anything you want to talk about. Stocks, bonds, real estate. We can talk about investing in your 20s, your 30s. We can talk about some really great websites out there for financial news. I, I like the Wall Street Journal enormously. I like the New York Times. It's good. I like the Financial Times. It's better. I like looking at every single story and seeing if it makes any sort of financial sense to me. Like when you hear about Katrina, I look at it as, hey, housing, losses, insurance, I look at it as money. Yeah, there's human lives. There's no doubt about it. And I don't say there's not. My job is to look at things and try to figure out angles. I'm not trying to win a Nobel Prize. I'm not trying to solve any of our nation's problems. I'm not trying to say, like, our deficit isn't a problem. It is a problem, and I think we all know that, and I think the United States government could be crushed by debt, but maybe not. Maybe we kick the can down the road. Maybe maybe we go bankrupt. I know people have been bankrupt, and it's not the worst thing in the world. We're spending $258 billion a year on interest payments for our debt. When the economy is in decline, the government doesn't step up and create more debt, or does the government start cutting spending? <sighs> There's a media angle that I get, and I hope you get too. You know, when you pull up the bios of some people in media, you see that they don't have the credentials that you want them to. I just want you to be positive and constructive and not negative and fearful. And I think that makes sense. There's not a lot of pay in being negative. There's not a lot of pay out in being fearful. 
couple things to talk about as far as investing in the market goes. Be patient. It's earning season right now. Don't look at what's going to happen in the short term. Because that's either greedy or fearful. You're either trying to make the right move, and the right move sometimes is to have the right portfolio and not necessarily in or out. You know, you take a look at a chart of a company like Apple, and you're going to see a bad quarter, but you're going to see a great year. Which would you rather have? If you're looking for the a perfect quarter, good luck to you. Because that's not what I do. I'm really, really tired of people who promise stuff like that because they can't deliver it. And it's actually kind of tragic when you start thinking about it that you think that you can predict the market. There's a guy on radio who says, do you have a strategy for an up market? Do you have a strategy for a down market? Do you know what you're going to do? I know what I'm going to do. Do you know what I'm going to do? Listen to me. I do what I do. It's almost like Dr. Seuss for financially simpletons. There's a lot of content there. There's a lot of, I'm smarter than you, nanny nanny boo boo. You want to be smart? Look at your 401k. Look at your, 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 your total costs. I understand that speculation is speculation. Like at the start of the World Series in 2012, who would have thought third base would become such a pivotal role in the World Series? You can't predict stuff like that. Whether it's throwouts at homes or bounces off third base or catching a, a, a sharply hit ball. But a lot of people in hindsight will go, oh, yeah, I knew that. Learn that in investing, you, you, you follow some people because they're good at what they do. Like, for instance, there's a company called Bespoke Investment Group. I pay for their research. It's worth it. Their uh, free Twitter feed is free. Ticker, not ticker simple, but Bespoke Invest. It's B-E-spoke, S-P-O-K-E, invest. And they're pretty tight at what they do. They're not always going to be right. A lot of companies report the starting season 779. You're going to report next week. They talk about the odds for Obama to win Ohio. They're higher than his odds to win Iowa. It's just good, solid stuff. This is Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You can find me at Twitter, Rob Black Show. You can find me, YouTube, Rob Black Show. You can email me, Rob, at robblack.com. You can always call the show, 800-516-1220. 800-516-1220. Take care. Be smart. Come up with a plan. Get a budget. Let's talk next week. Talk to you soon. I got a couple days off. Don't freak out. CFP Chad Burton will be in. Talk to you soon. San Jose. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.